You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we do. You can always send your questions, your comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com. That's letstalktorah, no apostrophes, at gmail.com. And I will answer what I can answer, and if it's really fascinating, we'll try to bring it up on the next show. So Michigan weather is Michigan weather. We finally got some snow this week. We were supposed to get tons of snow last night and horrible driving today. Um, well, I guess two to four meant centimeters, not inches. But in any case, we're anyways back in school from our break. We didn't need another break, but I am back from a great family vacation. We went up north. We went swimming in a hotel up in West Branch. We have a friend's farm up in Charlevoix. We got to go on ATVs in the snow, and the kids had such a good time, did some tubing, family time together, games together. I always bring it up. It's always important. Every day we don't have time to give our children all the private time they need. We always have to give some. We must make sure we give our children, spouses, some time every day. But when you can take a vacation and focus it on the family, there's nothing like it. The kids remember it. They enjoy it. It's important to them. It doesn't mean it's a husband and wife vacation because this was for the kids. Husband and wives need their own private time. But for the, for the kids, this was fantastic, which really leads us right into this week's Torah portion. Uh, this week's Torah portion is the Torah portion of Jethro, of Yisro. Yisro is Moses' father-in-law. The Jewish people are getting ready to get the Torah at Mount Sinai. And Jethro, or Yisro, shows up with Moses' wife, Tzipporah, and his two children, um, Gershom and Eliezer. That's a little funny because if you were following the story back at the beginning of the Shemos, of, uh, of Exodus, um, Moses is coming back. He got married, has two kids. Coming back from Jethro, God has sent him to take out the Jewish people. And then they asked the, the angel comes. He didn't give his child a circumcision on time. He gives kid a circumcision. And then we move into the story of Moses, Pharaoh, the ten plagues, leaving Egypt. And now all of a sudden, Jethro is showing up with Zipporah and Moses' two kids. Forget private time. They disappeared. So for that, um, Aaron, when he... When he meets Moses out in the desert, he says, oh, who's this lovely wife, woman, children? Who are these? And Moses says, my wife, my kids. So Aaron says, it's beautiful. It's nice of you to bring them along for the ride, but we're already suffering in Egypt for all these years. We can't let anybody else in. It, it just, we, we can't do it. It's, it's going to, more suffering? Send them back. So Moses sends them back, and he tells Zipporah, when you hear that we leave Egypt, you should know we're heading towards Mount Sinai. Meet us there. Okay. So Jethro accompanies because Jethro wants to convert. 
he will be our first most famous convert. And he shows up in the problem. He's got all these clouds surrounding the Jewish people, these clouds of glory. You can't just walk in. So he either puts a letter into the cloud or he takes an arrow and shoots it into the, into the, into the cloud. And the cloud is the best postal system. It delivers the letter straight to Moses. And, uh, and Jethro says to Moses, I'm here with your wife, with Tzipora, with your two kids. If you don't want to come out to bring me in, at least come out for your wife, not for your wife, then do it for the kids. So it says, Moses went out to greet his father-in-law, and his father-in-law had the greatest honor you can imagine. Because yeah, Moses is the leader. He doesn't go anywhere alone. He hangs out. Aaron is always with him. And Aaron's two sons, Nadav and Aviyu, who really were in line to be the next leaders, but they're killed. That's a story for another day. Then the 70 elders, you see, you see Moses going somewhere, Aaron going somewhere, Nadav and Aviyu going somewhere. So the elders say, this must be important. Let's follow. So if you're somebody in the neighborhood and you see all the leaders going somewhere, so you're curious. Like, they got to be going somewhere important. They don't just go somewhere. So everybody started following. And all of a sudden, you have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, following Moses and Aaron out of the camp. For whom? For Yisro, for Jethro. I mean, that. That's an honor. You talk about honor. You got the whole nation coming out to bring you in. That is amazing. And Moses will bring Jethro in. And he will talk to him and tell about the miracles and what's going on. Maybe some will get into it. I'm not sure how much time we have for that today. And Jethro is going to convert. So this is very important for the Jewish people. Here we have an outsider, somebody who did not see all the miracles. And he's coming to join the Jewish people. And that in itself happens to be important. The question is, the next story in the Torah portion seems to maybe be misplaced, not important, like what's it doing here, what do we need it for, and the story is as follows. Uh, the Jewish people want to know what God wants, so they sort of line up in front of Moses' tent every morning, and for hours Moses is taking care of different disputes and arguments and questions and law and who knows what, and Jethro is observing this, and he sees all these people lined up, lined up. Who knows how far the line goes? And he says to Moses, he says, Moses, I'm your father-in-law. You should listen to me. This is the part I like. I like to tell my kids, right? You see, from Jethro, you should listen to the father-in-law. But in any case, he says, he says, you can't do this. The people can't handle it. You can't handle it. This is too much for all everyone to handle you must set up a court system. So part one of the court system is, and it's a lot of judges, by the way. It's there's got to be a judge for every 10 people. Again, we'll make, uh, so we'll take those one for every 10. You'll make them into groups of three for 30 or for however many. That's like the lowest court. The one judge for every 10 people. Then if they don't know an answer to a question, we go up to the next court. That's the court over every 50 people. Above that is a court above for every hundred people. And then again, for every thousand, and that gets you to the top. So without going through all the math, we're talking in the 72,000 range. We're talking 72,000 judges. So, okay, that's a good number. Moses won't have to be busy all day long. 
even though some say he should have wanted to be busy all day long with that, but that's, again, a conversation for a different time. So with all these judges, so people have questions, uh, issues, things to take care of. So they'll go to their lower courts. If it has to go up, it goes up. And everybody can live their life. There's enough people. The court system, court systems are really quite important. Even in Isaiah, it talks about the courts and the judges. And everything revolves around honest judges. And you must have honest judges. Otherwise, your, your society will collapse. And uh, that's the system that Jethro wanted to set up. Included in that was what kind of people you're going to choose. So Jethro goes ahead and he says they need four qualifications. They have to be, and it's interesting, none of them are knowing all the laws, which is, anyways, an interesting thought. Again, if you don't know the law, you're going to move it up. You're going to learn the law. So, or you could just simply say, if you don't know the law, so we're not talking to you. If I want to run to be a judge, but I'm not a lawyer, so what's the point? I don't know the law. I can't be a judge. I get voted in, but for what? I don't know anything. So it could be, obviously, you have to know the law. Great. So you know the law. So you have to be God-fearing. That one makes sense. Um, You have to be wealthy. Why wealthy? So that's really a brilliant thought at first first glance. Um, And I run into people like this all the time. If you ever run into or if you ever deal with wealthy people, they're generally... They're wealthy for a reason, they're important for a reason, they're powerful for a reason, and they're automatically, almost automatically, very intimidating. So if you have this wealthy person come in front of the court, and all the judges are dirt poor, and the judges might even rely on the benevolence, on the goodness of this wealthy person, there's just no way that this person could be judged fairly because he intimidates the people sitting in the robes, those judges, either they need them and a family needs them. There's just no way that it's going to work. But if all the people that are judges, are they themselves wealthy? So they're not so intimidated. You have money. I have money. You don't like my business. I don't like your business. Who cares? That's the wealthy aspect. Okay, good. Next, Jethro said they have to hate money. So hating money is interesting because... Is, is hating money and being wealthy, um, it, can you have both those coexist? And the commentaries explain hating money doesn't mean you don't have money. It doesn't mean you throw your money away. We don't mean hating money that way. They explain you never lost money in a court case. So what does that mean? If I want to be a judge and we look through my records and we see that I lost money in a court case. That means I went to court, I dragged along, or somebody dragged me along because we had a dispute over money, and I lost. So that means when it comes to money, here I am, I'm supposed to be a judge. I'm supposed to know the law, I'm supposed to be able to answer what's right, what's wrong. But when it comes to my own money, I can't see so clearly anymore, which is pretty standard for anybody, by the way. So I can't see so clearly, so I lost money. So that means that money is too important to me. Maybe you have to worry I'll take bribes. Maybe you have to worry that I'm just not so careful when it comes to money. Not good for a judge. And then there's a fourth one. He's well-known. People know who he is. People respect him. That seems to be the four categories. So the first question that we really need to talk about, okay, and Moses institutes it with some changes. So he is going to look for judges. He does not care about all of Jethro's concerns, of what he wanted for judges. 
Um, we'll see if we have time to get to exactly which one Moses did not stick with. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but Moses does institute the whole court system. Okay, end of story. Now let's take a step back. So Jethro comes to Moses and says, My dear son-in-law, you uh, clearly do not know how to be a judge. You do not understand that you need a whole court system. And therefore, if not for me, you would be lost. I am going to help you. Very beautiful. We're about to get the Torah. God is about to give us all the laws. Any law that God wants, he's going to tell us. If he wants us to have court systems, he's going to tell us. So, And Moses knows that. So if Moses knows that God is going to go ahead and give us an entire set of laws with assuming court systems and who's going to prosecute and how the laws are carried out and how rewards are given and punishments and, and how we run society, if God is going to tell that all to Moses anyways, so Moses should say to his father-in-law, my dear father-in-law, this is a great idea. I got to tell you the truth. Um, God's going to tell me what to do. If he says yes, good. If he says no, then it's irrelevant. So why is Moses accepting any advice from his father-in-law? It would seem to be, first of all, um, it's inappropriate. As Jethro is telling Moses what to do and, and, and God hasn't told Moses anything yet, then maybe, yeah, maybe not. Let's see what, let's see what God wants. Let, let, let's see. Let's figure it out. So there's a lot of fascinating lessons. Of course, Moses understood that if God wants it, he's going to tell him. And of course, Moses understood that if he's getting the information this way, that God does want him to set up a court system. But we're giving all the credit to Jethro. All the credit for setting up the court system is being given over to Yisro. Why? So first simple answer is gratitude. He's coming. Jethro was a very powerful person. He was like, I guess in those days, he was like the Pope. He was a, a head priest in Midian. The verse says so. So such a powerful, important person is coming to convert. So for that alone, we need to show a level of gratitude and say, we appreciate you coming, and look, we even accept your advice. That's one. But I saw a different answer, which I think is, is eye-opening and fascinating. People always talk, Jews, so smart. Jewish people, they're so smart. The Jews are the smartest. They're the smartest. If we're so smart, then God should set up in the Torah that we don't take advice from anybody. Now, it's either it's coming from God or we ourselves internally because we're the smartest. So God says, no, I didn't pick the Jewish people because they're the smartest. God said, I picked the Jewish people, first of all, because we're the smallest. That's, by the way, part one. But we are... We are the greatest spiritually. We will be this great spiritual nation. Of course we have smart people. Everybody has smart people. But don't think that God's choosing you because you're the smartest. And therefore, even before the Torah is given, right away, what happens? First things first, we are taking advice from an outsider, from someone from Midian, or perhaps Jethro was really Egyptian originally. So God says, right away, even before you get the Torah, I am not giving you the Torah because you're the smartest, because I'm making you take advice from Jethro, from somebody who's not Jewish. So that is the lesson. We should never walk around thinking that God picked us because we're so smart. Maybe we're smart, we study his Torah. Maybe we're smart, education is so important to us. Education, by the way, is going to 
be a big topic in the next show. Major, major conversation, discussion with a special guest in the next show all about education. So make sure you, you tune into that. You don't want to miss that. But, but as important as education is to us and as important it is to be studious and to study, but we should never think that God chose us because we're so smart. He chose us because we're spiritual. For brains, for, for, for wisdom, we could get that anywhere. And the proof is in the pudding. The proof is that we take this advice from Jethro. God wanted to show we're taking advice from Jethro, from a non-Jew, to say, guys, I'm not giving it to you that people should think you're so smart. I want everyone to understand it's not a smart, wise issue. It's only because you're a spiritual nation. But wisdom can come from anywhere. And the Talmud actually says this, that if you find wise people amongst the nations, yeah, there's such a thing as finding Wise people amongst the nations. Um, I don't have too much time left. I do want to throw in one quick one. So we're talking about judges and, and courts. There's one other fascinating piece, which I probably won't get through, but I'm going to try. And that is Jethro said that most important is if it's a big court case, a million dollars, Moses has to answer it. If it's a small court case, $500, you can leave that for the lower courts. Moses says that's not how Jews do court cases. By Jewish people, by Jewish court, a dollar, a thousand dollars, a million dollars, all the same because it's money and it's someone's money. We have to be careful, so careful not to steal. But here comes my music. This has been short and sweet. We love this new segment, short and sweet. Thank you to my wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I couldn't do it without you. Thank you to my wonderful production team. We have Kelsey, Angel, Stephen, Andy back there. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next show, don't forget to think about it.